Life is full of events that leave you stiff, sore, tight. Think of the feeling you get after a good stretch. Looser, lighter, maybe even happier. Let's lengthen our perspective in life and celebrate our accomplishments together. The But First Stretch podcast isn't just all about fitness. It's about actual people who are bettering their lives in our collective community. It's about coming together and getting inspired in your own life. It's for people who want to stretch their mind, body, and soul by tapping into their own potential and self-worth. And really cool down after the episode with a brief meditation that ties together the theme. Just a reminder, but first stretch. Hi, I'm Jen McCracken, and welcome back to But First Stretch. If it's your first time, I am so glad that you are joining me. To be honest, I am really excited about this upcoming month's content. I'm having conversations with people that are stretching my own mind and soul. It's been so refreshing. I have a five-month-old, almost, who spent the last two weeks teething and My husband and I have just been up, you know, all hours of the night, and it's just so refreshing when I'm able to connect with different people about their lives and also just to pause and remember that, you know, in my life, this is all a phase, right? And sometimes I think we get so caught up in the moment that it's hard for us to know that this too will pass and To be honest, the last two weeks have been wonderful. We've gotten lots of sleep. Today, the weather was absolutely gorgeous in the Pennsylvania area. We were outside all day in February, and it's just those small moments that makes us just appreciate life a little bit more. And today, this episode, we're really going to dive into the importance of education and the concept that mindfulness plays in our life's choices, both individually and collectively. So this episode is something that is really, really near and dear to my heart. I know a lot of people who are part of this organization, and it brings me great honor to share this story and to perhaps reflect in a mindful way on how we can make change going forward. So our guest on this week's episode is Mary Chimetti, and she's the founder of the CTC Wellness Foundation and Don't Stall, Just Call, an alcohol poisoning education and prevention mission for students and families. In 2015, Mary experienced great tragedy, the death of her beloved youngest child, Christian, a 20-year-old thriving college student who loved the skiing and the outdoors. He died from complications of alcohol poisoning due to binge drinking. Through grief, her purpose became clear. Don't Stall, Just Call was created along with the nonprofit, the CTC Wellness Foundation, a 501c3 that focuses on alcohol education anxiety reduction strategies, and wellness opportunities for students to incorporate healthy lifestyle choices on campus and beyond. Under Mary's vision, the CTC Wellness Foundation has established an annual scholarship for students at Temple University. I hope you pick up on the importance of mindfulness in this episode. 
Please remember, Mary is not telling you not to drink alcohol, but that drinking large amounts is dangerous and highlights a disturbance in your mental health. After this recorded conversation, Mary and I had a really just amazing heart-to-heart And one of my takeaways from our conversation afterwards is that she feels like she has lived and she wants others to live better lives. So let's stretch our mind, body, and soul today. The first portion of the podcast is the warm-up, introducing our guest. Hi, Mary. Welcome. Hi, Jen. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What is your background? Um, what is my background? My background is that I went to college at Mount St. Mary's in Emmitsburg, Maryland. It's a university now. It was a college back in the day. And uh, I was a business and finance major. And I always had a zeal or search for uh, running my own business, which I actually did right as I started finished college I had my own business immediately and uh and then life took a few turns and uh and then I worked for a uh well I had a lot of jobs but um my most recent one before what I'm doing now is I worked at League Collegiate Wear for about 14 years or so and worked in the accounting department yeah nice nice and Our question that we're going to really kind of dive into today is, what has been the most rewarding part of creating Don't Stall, Just Call? Okay, so Don't Stall, Just Call, the most rewarding part of that is that since it's an educational mission, um, the most rewarding part is the fact that we know we save lives because of our education, and it's pretty darn amazing. Yeah, we get testimonials. And what has been the most challenging part? The most challenging part, honestly, is um, I get those testimonials and it's so good and so awesome and so great. And then I'm like, and my kid's still dead. Christian is not here. But then I have to pull myself up and I say, this is what our purpose is is to save others' lives. And that's what we need to do by education. Yeah. Absolutely. And what are some services and education programs Don't Stall, Just Call currently makes? Well, basically, we um, well, we do presentations. Uh, I go out to colleges, high schools, church groups, businesses, um, sports teams and do our presentation to um, give education about literally about the culture of drinking and how it's so often out of control the binge drinking but so anyway so we do presentations and we also do wellness events and the wellness events that we do we have a yoga night a summer solstice yoga and maybe that's something that you might be interested in, Jen. Um, I think so. Us out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a beautiful event outside. Um, and what is so special about that is that it creates an opportunity for people to gather without alcohol 
and where people, when it, where it's the summertime and everybody's getting real pumped. And sometimes there's people who really are experiencing FOMO or other anxiety that they're missing out because um, they don't have a shore house and they don't have anything to do. Mm -hmm. Well, come here and do yoga with us on a Friday night. And it's the most beautiful thing. So we've been really lucky with that over the years. Um, we also, uh, what do we do? Yoga night, we have the, our 5K run coming up, which is a big deal. And I really like to express to people, I know you are a runner and, um, but for people that don't understand about these runs, it, it creates an opportunity, especially for the young people. We try to engage them. Um, if they are going to be doing a run or a walk the next morning or volunteering early in the morning, hopefully they would make good choices the night before that they won't be, um, you know, drinking and um, or getting plastered or mm -hmm. worse. You know? So anyway, um, so there are some of the things we do. Yeah. Do you have Do you have a date for that five k yet? Yes, that is <clears throat> uh, April twenty third, and that will be held at back. Thank God, back at um, Temple Ambler campus where Christian went to school, and um, it is so awesome just to be back in um, person. And we have um, Spoonie G. Uh, <clears throat> DJ, um, Sean Givnish, um, being the DJ as usual. And we are actually, you're hearing it first right now on your show, but we are going to have like a little top trot, um, Yay! this year and we're going to engage with that. And, um, and not to say that that's the focus of this event because it's not the focus is to create awareness and the education and to gather people in a positive way, um, and spreading the news because the other thing or our education um, our shirts share or have display the signs of alcohol poisoning on the back. And we feel that by giving these shirts out that have this educational message, whether you're at yoga class, whether you're running down on the river drive, whether you're, um, you know, at a baseball game at one of these fields. And when you're wearing our shirts with the logo, the don't stall, just call stop sign, then the symptoms are on the back. We are teaching. And that's what it's really powerful. Absolutely. And can you share with us some important tips or ways you educate others to prevent unnecessary alcohol-related death? You kind of mentioned it with the awareness on the shirts. Yes. Well, it's really important to know how to avoid binge drinking. And I think it's, and you know, you as a young mom and so many people are putting up, you know, the like wine mommy things. And, and, and I honestly, I'm like, is the message, you know, maybe fine between you and your friends, but like, it's like the messaging when this is put out in social media, it's so not good for our young people. And to think that they look at social media and see these moms and dads and whoever and their friends um like with the red cup with the wine glasses with that big wine glass that holds a whole bottle of wine um i think was it ina garten who had the one during covid i mean i know it's all meant to be funny but mm -hmm. i guess it's really not funny to me because my son died of alcohol poisoning and um it's not funny 
And I don't want young people to think that the only way they can have fun is by being intoxicated. Um, so I think that that's really important. Um, also, we teach the symptoms of alcohol poisoning, stumbling, mumbling, um, cool to touch, uh, unresponsive and vomiting. And, you know, I worked over the years, this has been now seven years, it'll be in April that I've really been working hard on this. At, um, we worked with the uh, School of Public Health at Temple University to come up with these symptoms. So then we create these uh, magnets, which I have put away right now, but that you can't see. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, we have the magnets that we give to students and um, schools create them as well. So they can put them on the refrigerators. They never have to look on their phone, you know, and if they keep seeing it every day, they learn these things. We also teach them um, what to do if they think someone's unresponsive or they just passed out or are they sleeping or are they actually unresponsive and we teach them what to do. Um, and then another huge thing is encouraging um, the guys and the girls definitely to be your brother or sister's keeper always and to never ever ever leave anyone alone when they are intoxicated and and one of the things Jen that we really do is we tell stories because we feel that while there's data issued by the CDC and by the way I think the latest is really like 2017 and it's not even touching on pandemic drinking and what's gone on but um, it's really, really important that we teach these kids to, you know, know the signs, not leave a friend, and always be there. Like, just always be there. And then to use medical amnesty, um, which is uh, limited legal immunity for the caller and the victim, like, basically to make a call to save their life. Like, no one should be dying because of lack of education right now. And I know with the pandemic, drinking really has increased. The sales, I think, what, at 53%? And um, in the state of Pennsylvania, I think it was something like that. And I'm like, wait, who's drinking that? And by the way, I'm not shaming anybody drinking. <laughs> I drink, like, it's people's relationships with alcohol. So um, it, it's the awareness of what we're putting out there, like in social, mm -hmm. which really matters. I, I just, it's, so, and that's another thing that we do when you said like, what do we do? So we have social media, Facebook, Instagram, not really Twitter. I'm not really into that. Um, Cause it's really hard doing all this stuff mm -hmm. and um, working for grants and, you know, writing for grants, things like that. So it's, it's, it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And I, <clears throat> I appreciate, I think there are two big takeaways, at least for me, that you brought up. I think the relationship with alcohol is significant and should be looked at. Like, if you're a mom and you're frustrated, do you turn to drinking? Like, that, that does become a bigger problem than, um, than you would think. And I think it's important that we address that because there's so many other things we could be doing to calm our nerves besides turning to a bottle and feeling the need to do that. Well, it, it's unfortunate. What I believe is that um, 
and I'm not shaming, like I am not shaming anyone, but when we put it out there so openly, like, oh yeah, I'm so tired of this homework. I can't stand the school, the pandemic. And then like, it's not like good messaging. Like if we actually always remember that the little ones are watching, they're listening. It's so important to put our best foot forward. And um, yeah, it really is. It, It really is. And there are other ways and, you know, there you are a yoga instructor and that's wonderful. I mean, I know personally, I go to food (laughs) more than (laughs) anything. And that, that's not a great thing either, but, um, we all have to find our way, but if we can help each other in hopefully healthier, um, choices, Mm -hmm. and that's what we encourage our, you know, the young people in my audiences, um, to do as well. Yeah. I love that. And I think even looking at it, you know, Don't Call, Don't Stall is making a huge impact on young adults. I saw you were just at Delta Zeta um, over the weekend or this week, and you spoke to that sorority. Um, Do you also work with adults that are maybe facing similar grief as your own? Well, do you mean like losing a child? Yeah. Um, While I am in... A grief group a local one and if anybody if anybody needs it it's about losing a child it's not that's our group it's not about just loss of anyone um but i do i'm associated with a group a yoga group over in um willow grove that it has a really great grief group there um but also yes i am involved at our church um saint philip Mirai. we host something at you don't have to be a parishioner um but if you lost a child and it's the group it's the club nobody wants to be a part of believe me and um and it's heartbreaking but uh we really support one another and we hold each other up and and it's a beautiful thing um and you do not have to be a member of saint philip's to be there um so, but no, I don't really speak at, you know, because what I'm talking about is about the effects of um, binge drinking, alcohol poisoning, um, things like that, being your brother, sister's keeper. So I think what I do recently, I was invited to speak up in Manhattan um, at a business actually, it was a uh, crazy, crazy, crazy. It was a, uh, a holiday party that the name, the CTC wellness foundation, which by the way, I didn't even, I don't know if Mm -hmm. you talk about that earlier, but um, that's after Christian's initials. And so the CTC wellness foundation was kind of thrown in the hat to be a, a, a recipient for their Christmas donations. And when I was asked, Oh, would you be available on this date of December 16th? I'm like, Uh, Yeah, but what party people want to have me? And I really never thought in a million years, like, we would get chosen. But anyway, we did. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. And it was all, it was like middle-aged men. (laughs) And they were blown away by the presentation. And afterwards, I didn't even get to eat my food until almost 40 minutes later. Because these they just kept coming up to me, asking me questions. Because it was whether... 
they had experiences, their children had experiences. Oh, it was powerful. So um, anyway, that was, uh, so I'll go anywhere pretty much. Yes, to do a presentation. I love that. And this might be a good time. Can you explain what the CTC wellness is for the listeners? Yeah. So the CTC Wellness Foundation is actually, we needed a name when it all happened. Um, Basically, I gathered a group of people after Christian had passed in April. Christian passed in January of 2015 after being in a coma for a week. And it was just a horrible, horrible, horrible thing. And, um, but in April, I contacted a few friends, not realizing that everybody had, um, a different, um, superpower (laughs) and it was great. So we met at my dining room table. I shared this vision. I said, well, heck, why, why do people not know the symptoms of alcohol poisoning, but yet if you were sitting somewhere and somebody put their hands up like this, you would know to give them the Heimlich maneuver. So if we can learn the Heimlich maneuver, we need to start educating people, you know, here in our local area and beyond. And I mean, across the country. So, um, which is pretty cool because I do have community partners in Virginia and California. And so that's all awesome at different universities. But, um, so anyway, so, when we needed to come up with a name um, for our nonprofit foundation, 501c3, um, I wanted to use his initials, and that's that. And the foundation is built on three pillars, and the three pillars are alcohol education piece, which is the don't stall, just call, which is definitely the piece that people recognize the most, mm-hmm. but then we, we focus on anxiety reduction strategies. We offer them and through our um, social media, uh, we, I have, I'm so grateful to have, um, my friend and colleague, Robert Gervasi, who is actually going to be going to PCOM, um, for graduate school, um, to be a counselor. And he studied psychology in um, college. And so he's awesome. And he does our Wellness Wednesday posts, which I'm so grateful to have. And then um, the third piece is having wellness opportunities. And so we offer, like, we've done yoga nights at sororities and just our yoga night that we do in the summer, our focus group that we have in the summer. It is so amazing. joining these kids together who maybe don't even know each other and then they share information because it's an open safe space and we gather really at a fire pit that christian built Mm. and the energy is just so amazing and um so if anybody's listening who has a high school or college kid who actually wants to go we don't want people sending their kids (laughs) like it's not a babysitting service we want people who are actually interested and who are willing to share. And it's amazing what comes out of it. And um, so that's it. So alcohol education, anxiety reduction strategies, and wellness opportunities. And that's what they are the three pillars of the foundation. I love that. I think that's amazing. And I feel like gathering around Christian's fire pit just gives me the best chills. And it's amazing. Thank you for... 
I have chills right now. Yeah. So I know this is all good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. So I guess my next question leads up to this. It's what can we do to get involved in this movement and this foundation that you've created? Well, thank you, Jen. Thanks for asking that. And um, so what can you do? All right. Here's a really simple thing. And I don't know who's listening or who, you know, who will listen to this and who will make changes. But one of the simple, simple, simple little things is not buying red cups, taking them out of your house, not giving in to the binge drinking culture or the like heavy drinking culture, even if it's Valentine's Day or 4th of July, like <laughs> buying clear cups. So when and being mindful that when you are having a party, and I don't know about you, Jen, but I believe that most of us know someone in our lives that we're close to that may have an issue with alcohol. And by the way, speaking of that, I had no, we had no idea about Christian's binge drinking at college because he wasn't doing it here. So this is why it was even more shocking. Um, This was not something we knew about, but I had worked at, I have to say, I worked at White Marsh Township Police before, and that's when I first learned about um, kids being taken to the hospital um, for alcohol poisoning. And that was something I didn't even know about. Like, even at college, like, it never happened to anybody that I knew of. It just, I don't know. So what I found is that this is happening And the reason nobody's talking about it is because it's embarrassing and no one wants your, Oh, I don't want them to know that about my kid. I don't want, Oh no. Mm -hmm. People think, Oh, they don't want to come to my house because that happened to my kid. Mm -hmm. Well, the fact of the matter is this, we need to get this out of the closet. We need to blow it up and, and say to parents and everyone, grandparents, parents, college kids, anybody that will listen, get rid of the red cups. Let's create a culture where, you know, it's okay to be drinking, but not to overdo it. And by the way, we never condone underage drinking ever. But if children, if folks under 21 are going to do it, we absolutely want them to know what to do in case these things happen. Um, So that's why it's so important. But the red cup thing it, while people um, may balk at that and think that I'm just crazy, and and it's not because when I have gone to um, Division One teams, when I've been presenting to them, and I say to the coach, "Hey, are these guys allowed to be seen with red cups in social media?" Absolutely not. So here, if you go online and look at um, look up um, binge drinking or, you know, fraternity parties or every time on a Hallmark movie um, or wherever (laughs) when it's about some underage drinking party, the red cups are always there. Get rid of them. Um, What else can you do is not serve underage. Why would you, you wouldn't give a 12-year-old your car keys. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't say, yeah, it's okay. You can just drive in our driveway. (laughs) Stop taking the keys. Stop taking the keys. You do not know what 
young people have in their bodies, like whether they've taken um, a prescription drug, whether they're taking something for mental health. Like it is like you, you have no right to be serving anybody underage. You can give your own child, you know, your, you know, within reason, um, you know, a little bit of wine or whatever at your own dinner table, but you're responsible for them, but you cannot, you're not responsible for other people's children. And unfortunately, there's too much of that of people who want to be their kids' friends. And you know what? That may be a tough call. And maybe some people right who are listening might think, well, look at her. She's the one with the dead kid. Well, you know what? I will never change on this. Um, that our young people, their minds are not fully developed. You know, girls as well as guys. They are not fully developed till almost 25 years old. And there's a reason why we shouldn't be allowing our kids to drink, you know, mm -hmm. underage. I mean, they're going to do it if they want to do it <laughs> and they will do it. But we definitely want to make sure kids are safe. And also as moms, any moms that are listening of high school kids, hey, when you are allowing kids to sleep over, uh, yeah, that kid that is saying, oh, yeah, Mrs. So-and-so, I'm bringing my um, beanbag chair. It's better than my sleeping bag. It's just better. Check the beanbag chair. I know stories of them bringing in handles of alcohol, and then they're down in your basement doing that. Also, Jen, I'm going to blow this. Wow. I'm, I, I'm, I'm shocked. Thank you. <laughs> I had no idea. Well, mm -hmm. these are things I know because people share them with me. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the things that we learned at our focus group last summer was that with COVID and with the lockdown and everybody in their rooms doing their specific work, their schoolwork, um, parents maybe are in the room next door, um, maybe in the basement, maybe in the kitchen, but parents were truly respecting their children and their tough go at being locked in rooms doing, uh, not locked in rooms, but in the rooms doing uh, their schoolwork. But what we found out last year was that there were kids, high school kids, um, doing shots during the day, mm. drinking. They had, mm. and, and they knew that their friends were doing it too. And this was what was happening. And I, I mean, literally last year at the focus group, we were like, what? And I could imagine at college possibly that happening, but I just thought, oh my God, our lives have to get better. We have to be more in touch with our kids. Stop shutting the doors. Be open. I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, I'm a grandmom now. <laughs> I want my kids to be so healthy. My little ones, my sons and daughters and daughter-in-laws. And, you know, it, it's just like, I'm so aware, so aware. And, and by the way, one of the things I say and the people around me know, I always say, you can't not know what you know. And so for me, like, I may go somewhere and it's happened and I've had to make the call for people. And I'm like, are you kidding? I'm on vacation. But this person is a totally 
foaming at the mouth. Mm-hmm. It, it's happened three times at least to me. Wow. Where I had to make a call. And uh, yeah, it's, and I'm like, are you kidding, Christian? Why me? <laughs> but you can't not know what you know. So, you know, it's like the nurses and the doctors taking oaths of saving lives and things like that. And it's just like, yeah, this is what gotta do. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> no, thank, thank you. This is, I, I mean, it just, it just ties down to like, again, what are we turning to, to forget about our day? And that's, that's the case if you're taking shots in the middle of the day. And I mean, life is so good. <laughs> it can be. It can. And, and that's another thing. Thank you, Jen. Cause now you just reminded me about the anxiety piece and what, you know, as I said, the second pillar of the CTC Wellness Foundation is about um, anxiety reduction strategies. Well, here's the deal. I believe Christian's death also stemmed around anxiety, and that's why he was drinking so much. I did not have the tools to work. You know, this was 2015. I did not know. So as young parents today, you can see signs, you can, you can look, you can get more help. There's not the stigma. We're hopefully taking the stigma away from getting mental health help assistance. But um, so it's so important that we tune in to our children. And, um, and I honestly think that Getting outside is one of the best things we can ever do for our kids and getting away from screens oh, and these cell phones and <laughs> social media. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. And I love that. I love that too, because I think, you know, sometimes we're like, oh, our kids, they need their privacy. They need this. And, but it's that relationship you have with them that is so much more important. I, um, that's a key point, Jen, thanks for bringing that up about the privacy. So Christian was the youngest of our four and I, you know, my parents gave me privacy, I guess. I mean, my door was open a lot of the time, but whatever. I gave my children privacy and you know what? I didn't go into his college dorm room. Um, when I would drop him off, I would drop him off. And he would take his stuff up and I didn't park the car and his friends would sometimes like help him carry stuff up. And I thought, gee, aren't they nice? Aren't they nice? They're so nice. Well, what it was, they did not want me to go up in the room and I didn't even realize it, but my parents never, well, I went to school in Maryland. They weren't like dropping me off all the time. <laughs> Christian was at Temple downtown. And, um, but my point is I never went into the college dorm room. And as I would just say to people, guess what? I imagine you're paying the tuition, get in the room, get in the room at home, get in the room here or at college when you have that opportunity. And if there's handles of alcohol around, that's a problem. You need to start asking the tough questions and you're not the friend, you're the parent and nobody wants to walk in my shoes. And these are the things when, you know, we had to go, my husband, my boys, they went in that room 
two weeks later into the apartment and we saw what we saw. And I was just like, are you kidding me? And so during the presentations that we do, we have pictures and uh, it's very upsetting. And, um, and nobody should be displaying alcohol as a trophy any, mm -hmm. anywhere. Yeah. And I know back in the day when I was in college, you know, a lot of the guys would have like the beer cans against a wall or by the windows, <laughs> but they weren't beer cans. These were handles of alcohol and it is not, nothing like that should ever be celebrated anywhere in my eyes. Hmm. Sorry. I'm very passionate. I love, I <clears throat> don't apologize because I love your passion and I know the listeners will too, because that's like what this whole podcast is about. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put your website into the show notes so people can click on it, how they're listening. Um, you mentioned social media. So Don't Stall, Just Call has an Instagram and Facebook, correct? Correct. And then also, um, I think it's, I really don't know, but I think it's Mary Chimetti on um, LinkedIn mm -hmm. and, um, or it may be the CTC Wellness Foundation. I don't know. Um, but I do do stuff on LinkedIn as well. And people can reach out that way as well. Mm -hmm, That's for great. sure. That's great. And um, if someone was interested in contacting you to speak or visit, is that that's all on the website? They can reach you that yes, way. Yes, it is. Um, I think it says schedule, okay. and at the top on the right hand side, and then um, it's basically at info at don'tstalljustcall.org. Uh, another thing I want to say is we do have a virtual toolkit, which is amazing, and that parents can look at, maybe learn some stuff, um, learn very important information. I'm I'm acting like. It, it was a big deal and it was very nice. We received a grant uh, to create that. But um, anyway, so we have a virtual toolkit that is free for educators and parents alike. And uh, yeah, there's good stuff on there that can teach a lot. We have really great PSA videos that are very powerful. Um, and I encourage everybody to go check it out and follow us. Mm -hmm. Follow us on Facebook and um, Instagram, and that really helps. And then we're going to have a we're going to have a giveaway for a Philadelphia sports jersey um, coming up to help um, get the excitement going with our run. And usually, we even last year we had over 300 people involved with the run. Six people from 16 states oh were gosh. involved, and so we sent the shirts out to 16 states. So people are wearing these shirts. And one of our um, sponsors I want to give a shout out to is um, uh, L2 Brands, which was League Collegiate Wear, who I used to work for. And they have been um, super awesome with our shirts and people love them. And yeah, good Amazing. stuff. Amazing. So I wrap up every podcast with something about you. So what stretches are you doing in your own life? And this can be general. It doesn't have to be physical stretching. It could be mental stretching. Um, I think breathing, taking deep breaths is one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's um, 
and kind of just like taking time to feel and be open. Mm. I love that. Um, what is something you are enjoying doing in your life for you? Besides eating? Um, <laughs> I'm, sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, that's really me. Uh, I, I'm enjoying time with grandchildren mm -hmm. and skiing and getting outside, like stuff like that. Amazing. Absolutely. Amazing. Mm -hmm. And what's something you can't stop talking about? Hmm. Well, I am married, but I kind of have a crush on Stanley Tucci. <laughs> and I love him. <laughs> and I love his book. And I love his show. And uh, yeah, I love Stanley Tucci and everything in Italy. So that's what I can't stop talking about. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for being on this episode today. It was really great talking to you. And I know I appreciate all the wisdom and information you have given us. Jen, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's now time for our cool down meditation. And I've been thinking a lot about how I wanted to do the meditation in this episode. And I wanted to start just for a moment um, with some words that kind of touched me when listening to Mary talk today. Grief does not always obey your plans or your wishes. Grief will do whatever it wants to you whenever it wants to. In that regard, grief has a lot of common with love. And that was Elizabeth Gilbert, one of my favorite authors, who said that. And for this meditation, I'm just going to ask that you come to a comfortable position. So that could be seated on the ground. For me right now, I prefer to sit in a chair to let my feet touch the earth so that I can get grounded. And I can just feel everything in my body. And gently bring one hand to your heart and one hand to your belly. If there's another hand variation that you need, feel free to take it. But just take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. And just think of yourself in this moment. Think your mind, think your body, think your heart. Send gratitude to your mind, your body, and your heart for all it does every day. Notice your belly rise. Notice your belly fall on the exhale. This beautiful breath that gives us life. 
and take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. You're welcome to stay in this position as long as you need or gently flutter open your eyes. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of But First Stretch. I hope you have a wonderful day. Don't forget to follow me on social media, JenniferMC3 on Instagram and Jennifer McCracken on Facebook. 